Hi, this is Paul Butler. I'm the Senior Pastor of New Heart Baptist Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We hope that this podcast will be a great blessing to you and encourage your life. So that's, uh, that's the prayer. We're going to be breaking that down bit by bit, um, kind of understanding it, trying to, again, make you guys see that praying is really, really, really easy um, and simple. Um, so what we've done, we've kind of identified that there's five prayers in there, five separate prayers. Um, so by the end of today, you'll be able to walk away, away and say any of these five prayers in any situation where you need to use them. And yeah, you're all good to go. So that's our goal for today. Let's, um, let's click this. First prayer that we've identified, uh, we kind of call it celebrating God. Um, and it's the first bit. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, a couple months ago in our summer series just outside, um, Roger Mack did a sermon very similar to this on the Lord's Prayer. And he got us to go through and read different translations. And uh, we realized that most of them use this weird word, hallowed, that none of us use anymore. Like, has anyone ever said the word hallowed outside of that prayer in your life? No, never. Um, does anyone remember what it means, this word hallowed? Holy. Yeah, holy. To be made holy, was it? Is that what you said? Yep, yeah, holy. So, Jane, it was good to see, like, your eyes, like, <laughs> just having a good old think. Um, um, yeah, so um, holy, um, to be made holy. And there's like, uh, we kind of talked about that, expand on it's um, holy. Well, what does holy mean? Any time outside of the Bible, when do you use the word holy? What does it mean if something's holy? Like sacred? And what does sacred mean? <laughs> Again, like, do you use that outside the Bible much? No. What's, a, what's another word for sacred that you could like kind of apply it to our world today? Our oh, precious? I guess so, yeah, kind of my precious. Or it's like something that's really special uh, or like like kind of set apart. I guess we don't use holy much because there only is one thing that's holy. Um, there's not much else you can describe as holy. But it just means like something that is like so magnificently perfect um, and great and mighty. And that's just God. So it's just kind of a word, a word that we don't use much, but it's the only one that we can kind of use to describe him. So when we say our Father in heaven, holy, sacred, precious, mighty, perfect, um, be your name. That's kind of other synonyms that we can use. Um, have you got any other thoughts like on this yeah. one here? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's really special that um, the first thing that Jesus suggests, like the way we start our prayer is to say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. One, because it positions us uh, in our relationship to God, that he is our father and we are the son or daughter of him. And when we go to the Father, we have this intimate relationship where we are fully known, we are fully loved, um, and that he will provide and protect us and take care of us. And so that's a really special relationship, and I think it's really quite special that Jesus said, our Father, instead of, you know, our King of Kings, creator of the universe in, in heaven, you know. He specifically used that to remind us of our relationship to God. Um, but he also uses it, I think, um, to position God first and foremost above anything else we can bring to the table in our prayer. So all of the, the worries or concerns or things that we need to bring to the table and go, God, here's what's going on in my life. 
the first thing he wants us to do is actually acknowledge that he is higher, he is bigger, he is greater than all other things. And I know for me, like, you know, occasionally struggling with stress and anxiety like we all do, sometimes our problems seem so big and so overwhelming that they actually feel so much bigger than God. And there's a moment sometimes where you have to go, actually, God is bigger than this, even though it doesn't feel like it. And I think that's why it's so important for us to start our prayer saying, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You are greater God. I will celebrate you as being higher and um, capable of being there for me, even through my struggles and my doubts and my worries and my concerns. So I think that's really special, the way that it's positioning us first and foremost in the way that we pray. Yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, the last little bit we got there, thanksgiving for everything. Um, we were talking to Lee Mack during the week, uh, and she said um, that thanksgiving is like kind of the way into uh, the presence of God. And uh, this kind of like bit there, when we're like worshipping God and putting him up in that place as... Uh, as holy and perfect. Uh, this is the opportunity we can take to thank God, firstly for him, but also the things that he has done in our life. Kind of like what we did in communion just before, in remembrance. And um, it's actually really easy to do that. You just got to like thank God for something good that's happened in your life. So there's a verse in James that's, um, you know, the Father of lights above is the giver of all good gifts. This is our opportunity to say thank you. Even if you've had a pretty terrible day, Surely going through, you can think of one good thing that happened. Maybe you had a good night's sleep or um, one green light on the way to work or something like that. There, there is something there that you can thank God for and just position him as the good father who's, you know, in that place of authority, but also like, you know, protection over your life in a way and the giver of the good gifts. Um, so we haven't, we didn't practice this at home, but I was thinking before which is always a worry. <laughs> but um, I was thinking it'd be great just to do an example one to finish off, like before we go into the next one, a little example of what the prayer looks like. Oh, like... Yeah, like just just us. Okay, we get sure. Everyone to close their eyes. Okay. And we just show them that it's really easy. Okay. And we just take this prayer. <laughs> sure. And, yep. Sorry. Yep, let's do it. Always a trouble. You, anyway, you close your eyes. You take the lead on that. I'll, I'll go this. Close your eyes. It'll be like one minute. It's that easy. Uh, dear Father God, thank you that you are holy and you're great and you're mighty and thank you that you are our father and we can know you personally and i thank you for the good things that happened today thank you that i good night's sleep thank you that my dog loves me thank you that my wife loves me um, and thank you for you and all the good things that you've given us in jesus name amen cool amen. that's the first part done we're already on the way there <laughs> four to go um uh, let's go to the next one yeah which is me, yeah. um, your kingdom come. This is the one that we want to camp out yeah. for a little bit on because this is one that I think people get kind of confused about. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if, this, if there's any moment in time that you really focus on what we're saying, please let it be this segment. Um, you can tune out all the other times if you really want. Um, I'm hoping those um, chips will get you through the rest of this message, yeah, mid-message so mid, mid snack. <laughs> um, Anyway, sorry, that was just being silly. Um, yeah, so your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Something that I have experienced many times um, amongst other Christian friends, um, people that have grown up in church, people that haven't grown up in church, is uh, 
I just feel like I'm not good at praying or I just don't know the words to say like you know when you pray like you know you've got all these catchphrases and like sentences that just sound good and like I have no idea what to say and it's like particularly in like situations where you're praying for like someone in particular yeah praying for their life or a circumstance they're going through yeah and you feel like their prayers have got more power than anything that you could say yeah um, when, yeah, I mean, they're just like Christianese catchphrases that a lot of us have just picked up along the way. Um, but the most important thing that we can pray into someone's life and to in our own life is that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, will come into whatever circumstance is happening in their life. If we can pray one thing, if we, if we can, you know, let go of our nerves and insecurities around praying and just go, Heavenly Father, I just pray that the kingdom of God will come into this person's situation in the name of Jesus. And that's your only prayer? Wow. Wow. Because the kingdom of God is so well encompassed with just God's perfect plan. So if you pray that into someone's life, it's just like, I don't know, it just encapsulates every good and perfect thing that God wants for you. Um, within his perfect design. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got a couple of thoughts um, that on like what the kingdom is, because um, I think that's helpful to define if we're saying your kingdom come. Yeah. Um, it's good to know what it is. Um, it's a phrase that Jesus used all the time in Matthew. He's in this like particular passage. He said kingdom of heaven because for the Jews it was kind of God's name was sacred, so they didn't use his name too often. Um, but the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, is the place where God is the king. It's like a kingdom. So that's where he's the king. So um, we go back all the way back to the start in Eden. You've got this place where um, you've got heaven up here, and then you've got earth down below. But Eden is a place where heaven and earth are kind of overlapping, where God is living amongst his people. Um, so it's like a little perfect spot where both God and man can live together and ultimately like that didn't quite work out through man's sin and then God through the rest of history is trying to find a way for them to both connect together mm. and that's in the temple in the t in the tabernacle uh, where God is living amongst his people so that's like where God's kingdom is invading earth and then Jesus comes God with us and he's also there overlapping with the earth and then now in the church um you know, if God is in us and we're like in the world, that's kind of where the kingdom of God is meeting the kingdom of earth. Yeah. And then eventually you see in the book of Revelation where the Eden project is finally restored and you've got all of heaven and earth fully combined at last. And so the kingdom of heaven is just, you know, God's original intent for creation, humanity, mm. uh, for people, for his relationship with people. Yeah. So it's really a, a wonderful place. You want the kingdom of heaven to come. Yeah. Um, and it's where Jesus is ultimately has authority as the king. And when he dies and, and risen again, he's showing that he has that ultimate power. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like talking to Zoe before. It's, it, this prayer is really an invitation that your kingdom will come. Yeah. You will be done. Um, and sometimes like in our own lives, we have to say, I'm no longer going to have the kingdom of Josiah <laughs> where I get whatever I want. And I'm going to lay it down and say, no, God, change me. Mm. Let me become this like citizen of heaven. Yeah. Um, and let that come in instead yeah. and recognize him as the king. And I guess like in situations like before, if you're praying into people's lives, it's saying, 
let the kingdom come. You don't have to be specific and say mm. how it's going to look. You're just yeah. inviting the kingdom into that situation. Yeah. And you've got some examples here, yeah, don't you? Yeah, I've got some examples here of inviting what the kingdom of inviting the kingdom of God in. So with doing that, you know, freedom comes for um, someone who's feeling trapped. Healing comes in place for someone who's sick. Love for hate and contempt. Joy for sadness and depression. Peace for anxiety or worry. Patience for frustration. Next one. Hope for hopelessness. Faith for lack of faith. Restoration for the broken. Life for the lifeless. Compassion for the cold-hearted. And truth for those who are confused or lacking in clarity. It's it's just amazing what the kingdom of heaven can do in someone's life, regardless of the circumstance that you're you're dealing with. Um, so it's just such an important prayer to to really center your prayer life around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, before we get to the next one, I guess we'll do an example. Kingdom of heaven. Oh, I, I thought I did one before. Did you? Yeah. When? <laughs> Let's do it again. Okay, we'll do one, we'll do one again. Um, What's, I guess uh, there has to be like a situation in, well, just it doesn't have to be. Just Heavenly Father, I ask that the kingdom of heaven will come into this person's life, come into this situation in the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's it. Amen. Amen. Great. Let's go to the next one. It doesn't have to be hard. It can be really simple. It definitely isn't. Um, give us our daily bread. I think this was your one. Oh, it is. Yeah, sure. Um, so give us today our daily bread. So this prayer is for provision and um, contextually at the time, this is quite lit, this, this verse was quite literal. It was like, give us something, give, our f- give us food to eat. Um, in the message it says, give us our three square meals. You know, just the basics, just the necessities to get us through because at the time, you know, you weren't really sure sometimes where your food was coming from. Um, so this prayer is actually a challenge for the fear inside of us that says that God won't come through and will not provide for the things that you need. Um, God knows what you need. So this is just a reminder for us um, and a prayer for God. Give, just give us our daily bread. Give us the things that we, the, that we need, the necessities for our life. Um, yeah, and it really challenges and provokes that fear inside of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, guys, I encourage you, Read the whole Sermon on the Mount. It goes from Matthew 5 all the way through to Matthew 7. But after this prayer, this is like right in the middle. I've heard some people say it's kind of like the, the mountaintop right in the middle and everything yeah. flows to it and then from it. But read it. It's awesome. And then from here, he goes on this long, it's not obvious from the titles, but this long kind of winding um, like thought process on uh, the power of like greed yeah. in our lives and then also the power of worry. And then how to like combat that. It's really interesting. But it gets to the end and there's that really famous passage of do not worry where Jesus says, hey, look at the birds of the field, you know. They don't store up food for themselves. Mm. They fly around season to season collecting food. Um, and your father feeds them. Mm. You know, like and they don't have to worry. Um, and I remember this is the first time in my life I remember the fear, like having that feeling of worry. Um, and... I was in my living room. I'm looking out the window. We had all these sunflowers, like a whole kind of like patch of them. You were a child. I was a child. Yeah. I was probably like Good five or mention. six. Yeah, yeah, this was yesterday. Um, <laughs> and that's not bad if I got to yesterday. It's the first time I worried. <laughs> um, and uh, I saw these all these like sparrows come and start to eat the seeds. And I watched them for a couple days. 
And then it hit me. It's like, whoa, what happens when the seeds run out? <laughs> the birds are all going to die. And I, like, run to my mom and I'm crying. I'm like, mom, the birds are going to die. <laughs> and my mom was like, well, actually, <laughs> um, your father will feed them, your father in heaven. Um, and, uh, well, and they're just birds. Mm-hmm. So think about how much God loves you. Yeah. And it, it is hard sometimes, like uh, we were talking today about JobKeeper runs out today. It does, And there yeah. will be many people who literally are back to, like, that old ancient way of, yeah. you know, where's the next meal going to come from? Yeah, yeah. Which is really sad. Um, but there is hope that, you know, God loves his children Absolutely. and he will provide what they need. Yeah. So um, was is there anything else we need to say with this one? No. Let's do an example. Let's pray for daily bread. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I just pray that you'll provide us with what we need today. Um, You know what we need before we even ask it. Um, And you provide for, you know, everything in nature. And I just pray that you provide for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Great. Let's do the next one. Uh, Forgiveness. Uh, this is this is actually we kind of lied when we said there was five different prayers. This one's kind of two, so it's like six or five and a half. They kind of join together. Um, forgiveness and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Uh, like I know what it's like when you make a mistake and you think to y- yourself, surely there is no way that anyone can forgive me for what I've done. Um, and I think the great message, well, I know that the great message of the Bible and of the Gospels and of, of Jesus is that actually, yes, there is a way that someone can, f- can forgive you. And there's, a, there's an awesome hymn, I'm going to butcher it, um, that has always stuck with me. And it's, I know my, uh, the devil tells me my sins. I know them and countless more. But Jehovah remembereth, remembereth <laughs> none. And it's just so cool to think that all the sins that you've ever done are just washed away and totally forgiven as if they've never happened. Yeah. Um, so it is possible. And it is possible for others to forgive you too. And don't let the fear of what will people think of me or what will God think of me hold you back from confessing those sins. Mm. Um, and like we'll say like in marriage, like there's been times when well, I know like I've withheld something from you because I'm too ashamed to admit what I've done. And the more that you do that, like the more it kind of like grows in secret. And it's so important to like confess that mm. and say, forgive us our sins and admit that to yourself first and then to God and then to others, just so it's like out in the open. Mm. Um, but you can be forgiven for anything that you've done, which is a great, wonderful thing about God yeah. and His grace. Yeah. Um, so that's part A. And then part B is the second part and forgive those. Uh, oh, actually it's, yeah, f- as we forgive those who sin against us. Yeah. Yeah, that's my, my version that I remember from school. <laughs> um, yes, forgiveness, like God's quite clear about um, how serious he is about us forgiving people, like really quite clear. If you read, um, I think it's just below the Lord's Prayer, uh, he basically says, you need to forgive other people, otherwise I'm not going to forgive you, which is like hardcore stuff. Um which to me is like, okay, God God doesn't say like, if you don't love people, I'm not going to love you. He's saying that about forgiveness. So clearly he's, he's very serious about us forgiving one another 
when we um, do wrong by each other. Um, so it's very important in his design that we have short accounts with one another and that we, um, we forgive one another. Um, and what I've learned about unforgiveness is that it will often foster a selfishness, bitterness, and sometimes a sense of like wanting to get like revenge or comeuppance um, or see that person fail um, because you're so bitter and hurt on the inside. And with unforgiveness, if you just let that sit there and you hold on to it, it's like a fire that grows. And unless you actually deal with it, you're, gonna, you're the one that's going to get burnt by it and the people around you are going to get burnt by it too because it, it brings out this ugliness within ourselves that is just not, not a good time. Um, so we were talking today about, you know, what our expression of unforgiveness looks in our life, lo- what it looks like for us, what it feels like for us when we hold on to something. Um, for me, I, I feel like a bit like resentful, uh, bitter. I want to give you the cold shoulder. I want to be passive aggressive. I want to be angry. I don't really want to talk to you. I don't really want to see you. Um, whereas for Josiah, it's quite different. Yeah, I just want to hit them. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know who you'd rather like get into a fight with between <laughs> the two of us. Um, yeah, and I remember like there was a time in high school where there was someone who, I don't know, they just like rubbed me the wrong way. And yeah. every time I saw them and they'd like slight me the slider. So I'd be like, like that meme, <laughs> like the closed just fist. Just angry. Just angry. And like I've never actually hit anyone. but. Yeah. I imagine it, which is just as bad. <laughs> it is. It is just as bad. Yeah, so our expressions of unforgiveness, like, as you can see, two different, you know, expressions. Pretty ugly, right? Like, it's pretty pretty toxic stuff. Um, and sometimes when you feel um, unforgiving, you you have so much hurt and pain dwelling inside you based off someone's actions against you that you almost can sometimes feel like, you know what, you don't deserve my forgiveness. You're not even apologetic. You're not being kind to me. Like, you're still being mean. You're still doing this. You're still doing that. Um, But the thing about forgiveness is it's just as important for you as it is for someone else um, in your life. Um, And when you keep that pain and that bitterness and that unforgiveness stored up and you hold on to it so tightly... How can you actually get let God get into that and heal that pain inside of you when you're holding on to it so tightly and going, no, I will not forgive this person. I'm too upset. How can God get in there and go, hey, like I want to comfort you and love you and work you through this pain? Because the thing is, when you forgive someone, I'll be honest and say, just because I've forgiven people doesn't mean that, that I don't still have to deal with the pain of their actions. It can still be there and it can be there for a while. And what forgiveness does is it allows us to open that up enough to let God in and actually bring healing to that and to bring peace to that and comfort to that. And God's not just going to like say, you forgive them and like, you know, deal with your hurt, deal with your pain, like get over it. God doesn't do that. He actually understands the pain that you're going through and the hurt and whatever's going on and he wants to actually be there for you but we have to open ourselves up through forgiveness to do that um yeah that's my kind of read on that yeah i think anything else to add uh no no that that was good do you want to do this prayer
Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing, Lord. And I just pray that this unforgiveness within me, um, I just, I just want to forgive this person. And I ask that you would um, allow me to open up and, and let you heal my pain, Lord. Uh, in your name, amen. Another part of forgiveness, because it's, yes, it's a prayer, but forgiveness actually takes some homework as well. Like, yes, you can pray it, but, you know, I've, like, throughout the years, there's been times where God's sat me down and gone, Zoe, you've got some, like, hardcore forgiveness you need to work through. And so he sat me down, I've got a journal, and I've written out people that I know I haven't forgiven and the things that I haven't forgiven. And I've gone, God, I'm really, really hurt, but I forgive this person. And and sometimes I get opportunities to actually say that to them, but sometimes it's just it's stuff that you do by yourself. You just have to forgive them within yourself. Um, so if you've got people that you absolutely know you haven't forgiven, I would say take it seriously, sit down with God, write it down, go through the process and let God in to heal that pain. Because ultimately, I think there's a scripture that says like um, that it, 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 it breeds sin, which breeds death <laughs> within you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of the next one that we're looking at, yeah. that particular verse. But yeah, there's... Um, there was at one point in my life where I was finding it hard to forgive someone. And yeah. a friend of mine shared a verse from Romans 12. Um, and it was, you know, don't repay anyone evil for evil, but repay mm. evil for good. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the remedies to unforgiveness is to actively love. Yeah. Um, instead of like harboring all those feelings inside, you yeah. actually... Proactive. You proactively yeah. instead decide to do something loving for that person. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, C.S. Lewis, I love quoting him, but he was discussing the, um, I think it was, it was the Nazis, so it was around World War II and how the Nazis like just kept hating on the Jews because they were mean to them. Mm. Well, mean's a really soft word for that situation, but, um, um, and persecuting them. But, like, the opposite is true. If you show loving actions towards someone, loving feelings will grow as well. Um, so, yeah something to some hope uh, mm. hopefully yeah. for those if you are unforgiving yeah um and our very last one uh very last prayer that we've got is lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one uh some manuscripts say lead us not into trial but deliver us from evil so it's either like m a singular evil the satan character or if it's like uh, evil in general yeah um there's kind of a like undertones of that um, that cry of rescue us, like the, like the Israelites were experiencing in Egypt under Pharaoh, like deliver us from this, this evil that's oppressing us. Yeah. But also at the same time, uh, it says in the message, we'll quote in the message today because we like the way that he was explaining things, but mm. uh, keep us safe from ourselves and from the devil. Mm. So lead us not into temptation. So ourselves, uh, if you're, you know, we all know the feeling that you see something coming up and it's like, oh, I don't want to do the wrong thing here. So keep us safe from that feeling because yeah. it says in James, 
uh, that each person is tempted when they are dragged away from their own fro- by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire, desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death, mm. which is the one that you are mentioning before. Yeah. So it's like this idea that you want to stay away from temptation because if you step into it, mm. um, it will lead to, to evil. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like that story, um, the, like one of the first acts of evil of mm-hmm. Cain and Abel, yeah. where Cain was tempted to kill his brother and God says to him, you know, sin's crashing at the door, it will consume you, and he still falls into it. So that's, I think that's an interesting way of describing sin as like just there, you know, enticing you. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we want to be free from temptations because they, d- they could lead to evil. So yeah. um, staying away from it there. Yeah. Um, so let's do our prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that you'd lead us from temptation and you'd deliver us from evil, that evil would have no power over us anymore. Mm. Amen. Amen. Just one more thing that I've like forgot to mention at the start, like right before the start of the Lord's Prayer, he's actually saying, which is what we're trying to combat at the start. Yeah. Uh, he was saying, um, don't be like the pagans who like babble incessantly and they yeah. think because of their many words that God would hear them. Yeah. So actually what we're trying to do is to show you actually you can just say the bare minimum what the Bible is saying. Like, you can add to it if you want, but you can just say these five prayers as they're written in the Lord's Prayer, mm. and that's all that prayer is, really. Yeah. It's it's that simple. You don't yeah. have to think that if you say more things or say the exact right words that there's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be more power if you say the right thing. Yeah. Um, like, we had the example, I don't know if you said it in the end, your great line about you're not like a prayer doctor who's, like, prescribing the problem. <laughs> And if you say the wrong things, it won't fix it. Yeah. It's actually they're actually this simple, just yeah. what we read. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, I mean, yeah, click the next slide. Um, with these prayers, you can combine them. You can do them on your own. Um, I mean, do them on their own. Uh, but, yeah, we're actually going to jump into a time of prayer. Um, and I reckon just maybe in pairs, um, just to pray for one another and if there's one of those ones that is specifically sticking out to you tonight, like, oh, I've got some forgiveness that I need to work through, um, yeah, be accountable to one another in your little pair and talk about that. Um, and, yeah, I'm really excited because, yeah, prayer is honestly so powerful and uh it's so special that God has, Jesus gave us this prayer to pray and there's so much to it. Um, and I'm really excited to see, um, yeah, what comes out of it through tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So just to recap our five prayers, we've got uh, celebrate God, what he has done, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Number two, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Uh, three, give us this day our daily bread. Four, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. And lastly, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yeah. So if you have it on your heart to pray any one of those five prayers, um, yeah, this is, this is your time to do it and to this really practice. This is your moment. This is your moment. Yeah. Um, this is your time to, to pray those prayers. Yeah. So we'll just do one more. I'll just pray for the kingdom come that we can, we can pray these prayers. Uh, and then we'll put some music on. Feel free to like go anywhere in the room you want yeah. and just take some time to pray. Shall uh, we pray? Yeah, let's pray. Yeah, let's okay. pray. Awesome. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you are, are great and thank you that you are here. And I just pray that right now 
that your kingdom would come and you would teach us how to be your people who pray. Uh, and that we wouldn't be babbling, thinking that if we say the right things, it will fix the problem, but would know that you are the one who has all the power and that you are the king. And um, yeah, if there's anyone here who is worried about not having what they need or is struggling with unforgiveness or is worried that they won't be forgiven or is worried um, about temptation or they're just being oppressed by evil in some way, God, I just pray that your kingdom would come right now uh, into their situations. Uh, We love you, God. Amen.